Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hi, and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. Today's Tuesday, so it's Real Food Travel Tuesday. Every week, we're going to share what to eat, see, and do at different places around the country. Matt and I love to travel, and right now, we're on our Real Food Road Trip, and that's our two-year trip across the U.S. and Canada. We sold our farm and all our stuff, bought a big motorhome, and we've hit the road. Along the way, we're finding the coolest stops, everything from real food restaurants, farm-to-table places, organic farms, meeting up with real foodie and blogging friends, and soaking in all the gorgeous sights from oceans to mountains and national parks. Today's our first Real Food Travel Tuesday episode, so I just wanted to share with you what you can expect going forward each week and kind of give you the background on how we got started with this crazy adventure. So with me is Matt, my husband. Hi, everyone. And we're going to just tell you a little bit about why we're living in a motorhome and traveling across the country. So um, this idea actually came up, I'll say maybe like four years ago. Um, we were living in Texas and uh, right before that and had moved to Connecticut. And as we're living in Connecticut, we know that we're not going to stay there. It was just kind of a temporary stop. We knew that we'd be there like a year and a half to two years. Thought of where do we go next crossed our mind. And we'd been exploring all sorts of options ranging from living in Connecticut, moving to Massachusetts, living in the Berkshires, um, moving up to New Hampshire or Maine or even Vermont. Um, we looked all over the place and um, we considered tiny houses. Um, we considered um, building a yurt. We considered building an earthship house. If you haven't seen those, those are super cool. And I'll put a link um, on the show notes to a site all about earthship houses because so cool. Um, but really nothing was quite right. And then we talked about the idea of traveling in a motorhome and going all around and seeing the country. So we kind of investigated that and thought, well, maybe that could be cool because, um, we had worked really hard to set up our businesses so that we would be location independent and that we could work from anywhere that we had good internet connection. And so we thought, okay, so we could just like get a motorhome and travel around. And at the time, I think we thought, you know, we could do like a small converted van, like a sprinter van. Yeah, we considered that. But uh, as we kept looking at it and getting in them, it was a little scary. Yeah, it was a little scary because, you know, they're kind of small. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's us and our dogs and, you know, all these computers and all this other stuff. And, you know, we want to cook real food and all these things. So anyway, we kind of looked at it, but it didn't make sense for us at the time. And we actually fell in love with a property um, in New Hampshire on the seacoast and decided to go the total opposite direction and move up to New Hampshire and start a farm. Um, and at first it was going to be just chickens. Um, but it blossomed into a full-on farm. That's right. Chickens weren't even our first animal. No, they weren't. The goats were our first animal. And it turned into um, an actual working organic farmstead um, with over 200 animals. And it was just Matt and I. And um, we didn't have any family up there. And the friends that we made had their own farms and their own obligations. So it was really just the two of us and 200 animals. And so... 
Uh, we had goats, rabbits, chickens, ducks, and pigs. Am I forgetting anything? No, that's it. Yeah, and all our gardens. Um, and everything was organic, uh, organically raised out on pasture. Uh, and really, in New England, you know, in New Hampshire, it's kind of in the woods, not so much pasture in our area. But anyway, um, they were outside in the sunshine, and, you know, we were bringing organic soy-free feed and just trying to do everything like we wanted it done and like what we couldn't find to buy on the market. And so it was really quite the adventure. In fact, we're writing a book right now, Misadventures on an Organic Farmstead, um, because believe me, you want to hear the stories about how to... Suburbanites who never had more than dogs or cats moved to the middle of the woods and started a farm. So it was pretty hysterical. Um, <laughs> it was a successful venture in many ways, and I'm so glad that we did that. Um, we had a lot of experience. I'll say that. We had a lot of experience. Yeah, Learned a lot of lessons. That's one word for it. Spent yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely did a lot of living. And... Um, you know, honestly, though, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. It was an amazing experience, and we really learned a lot. We really got to experience what it's like to grow your own food and raise your own animals and, you know, really take things from, um, you know, I mean, like we hatched the eggs and we put the meat on the table and, I mean, the whole yep. process in between. Totally farmed a plate. Totally. But in the meantime, you know, we experienced all sorts of growing pains and, um, chicken coop fires and luckily we saved the chickens spoiler alert they're fine um and we had uh you know bear encounters and we had coyote encounters and learning how to milk goats by hand and all sorts of fun things so anyway we share all that in our um in our farm book but um you know this is really about how we got to traveling and so you know, with the farm, we were really tied down for three years. And, you know, even going out to dinner or going to the grocery store was exceptionally difficult because you can't just leave the animals unattended, um, especially, you know, at night. You know, so in the winter, this it would start getting dark at like 4 o'clock. Well, at least get dusk, yeah, because you got to put them all away and make sure everybody's safe. Right, and you don't want, you know, I mean, that's when the coyotes start coming around and the fox. And then even just during the day, like the hawks flying over and all that, so... We were always very vigilant about, you know, keeping watch over the animals. And so getting away is kind of tough to do. Um, and on top of, you know, my nutrition practice, Matt's work, everything going on, it was extremely hard um, to find time to fit in all the chores and all that. So trying to get away to travel, I mean, forget about it. We were lucky to go out to dinner. Um, we even had a farm sitter in, in our town that would come occasionally Um you know, it was expensive to farm and it was expensive to have a farm sitter. So we didn't do it a lot, but, you know, she could come and, and put the animals away. But, you know, a couple times we kind of thought that she was coming. You know, we had the appointment set and she didn't make it. So, you know, we got home at 11 o'clock at night. Big surprise. Right. All oh. the animals are out. And it was terrifying because, you know, one coyote or one fox could have, like, wiped us out. Yeah. And, Thankfully, the chickens went in their coop, but the door yeah. was still open. They could have gotten in. Anything could have gotten in there. And chickens go, like, at night, they go, like, comatose. They just, like, get on their little roost, and they go to sleep, and they don't even know what's going on. So it could have been a very scary incident. So needless to say, we didn't get out much. And before we had started the farm, we did take lots of road trips throughout New England because we lived in Connecticut, and everything's so close because I grew up in Texas, and... Everything there is far. <laughs> when you drive eight hours, you're still in Texas. 
um, and Matt grew up in Philadelphia and then moved down to Texas. Um, and that's where we met and married and we lived for several years in our house there in the suburbs, um, until we started sort of outgrowing the neighborhood and, and doing gardens and trying to figure out how to sneak chickens around our HOA and all kinds of fun things like that. So, um, anyway, so we had traveled a lot to Maine and Vermont and, um, in Massachusetts around Connecticut down to New York. There was, you know, lots that we had seen and done, but you know, with the farm that kind of put everything on hold. Um, and we didn't really get to keep exploring. So things were just kind of crazy. Um, and we actually were working on starting a family and we got pregnant and, um, Matt actually had to take the brunt of the chores at the farm because I was being so careful during my pregnancy. And it was just so much for him. I mean, it was a lot for two people, but for one. And that was when everything was in its full swing and it. We had everything at yeah. maximum capacity. We had just yeah. hatched a bunch of chickens and a bunch of ducks, and they were old enough to go out um, on the property, and so everybody was out there, and it was just full mayhem, and um, we'd had a goat that, you know, we had some false pregnancies with a couple of the goats, and, and they weren't in milk because, you know, just like humans, they have to have a baby to produce milk, and so we were waiting on that and didn't get that, so we ended up buying in a new goat, um, and there was some discord in, in on the farmyard um, among all the animals. They did not like the new goat. And so that was going on. And, you know, the pigs were there and all the rabbits. And there was just a lot happening. Um, the rabbits had had many litters at that point. I think we were up to about 48 rabbits. So, you know, each rabbit has his own little food dish and own little water bottle. And you've got to take all of those and unscrew them and fill them up. And anyway... Needless to say, he was getting up quite early in the morning to take care of hours worth of chores um, and then doing the same thing at night after a long day of work, and it was really taking a toll. He was very tired and kind of cranky, guys, kind of <laughs> cranky. Um, no, not me. Yeah, a little fussy, and um, I kind of felt really awful, and I thought, you know, I wish I could be helping, but I can't right now. It's not safe for me, and, um, you know, we kind of thought, what's this going to be like with a new baby? Um, we, you know, when everything's in full swing and we have this new baby come along, like I'm not going to be able to help out for like a year and a half between the pregnancy and, you know, maybe up until having like a six month old that I can, you know, throw in a carrier and off we go to work on the farm because you don't want to take a new baby out there and get kicked by a goat. Like that's not going to work out. So, um, you know, I kind of thought, can you, can we make it, you know, a year, year and a half with these demands on him? Um, and it, it didn't look good. So we'd already started talking about, you know, paring down and because getting help wasn't really a great option. We didn't have extra housing, um, on the farm for, you know, any kind of, um, farm help or woofers, you know, the organic, um, interns to come. Um, and like I said, we didn't have any family nearby and it just, it was just not going super well. And, um, I ended up having a miscarriage, which was really awful and stressful and disappointing. And so of course, you know, we needed to take some time off to deal with that. Well, there is no time off. No, there's none. No, not with a farm. Those animals need you all the time. So, um, anyway, after, you know, we got through the next couple of months and decided, okay, we need to go see family. We need to take time for us. We need to deal with this. 
and just take a step back and reevaluate like where we're going with the farm and what animals we really want to focus on. You know, it was like a learning process. And so we'd had all this big adventure and then it was like, okay, we're going to nail down exactly what animals we want to work with, what we're passionate about doing, um, work, work, what works great on our property. Um, because that's super important and just take the winter off. And I got to tell you guys, like moving, like being able to leave, um, from a new England winter actually sounded like the best plan at the point because, um, the winter before, you know, the one before that was kind of crazy, but the winter right before this, this one that we were talking about, um, was crazy. It was insane. We got so much snow and like heavy, wet snow. And we didn't have like snow blowers and things like that. Um, we had hand shovels. And when you get three feet of snow and you got to move that in the morning to get out to all the different animals and all their different pins, it's awful. It takes hours, many hours. And then the snow is going to come back, like usually <laughs> that night. Yeah, or the next day. Or the next day, right. It's coming back. It's not like a one-time thing and then you're done. It's like digging animals out of 300, I mean 300, out of three feet of snow every day, over and over and over. So needless to say, we were pretty tired from winter. And, you know, honestly, not being able to use the outside waterers and things like that, we were dragging up all those little rabbit waterers, all those little separate bottles, up they came into our kitchen to, you know, like two or three times a day yeah. to defrost and refill. And I, I, if I never see another rabbit water bottle, like I'll be super happy. Um, so anyway, so getting away for the winter, like was this really enticing, um, you know, thing and not to mention just being able to take time with our family and kind of heal from everything that we'd gone through. So we made a plan and we, you know, sold some of our animals. We put other animals in the freezer, you know, all the, the chickens and, and ducks that were due for, um, butchering at the end of, um, the growing season. You know, we finished all of that and come December, we were able to take off, um, and go down to see our family, um, in Texas. And we made a stop in Pennsylvania along the way to see Matt's family. And then we went and stayed with mine and kind of used that as a home base while we did some traveling, um, and we had a house sitter, you know, back at the farm and um, to keep an eye on everything. And while we were staying in Texas, we did some road trips and um, it was great. It was really great. It was the first time we'd really been able to go anywhere or do anything in yeah, it was such quite a, a while. Change. It, it was, was such a change. It was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. And we got to connect with a lot of friends and we got to go down and spend time in Austin, which we love, and got to really explore New Mexico. We spent a lot of time in Santa Fe. We went up to Taos. Yeah, that's where we saw the Earth ships. Yeah, they are there. So, again, I'll put the link on the show notes for this episode. But super cool. And um, it was just a great time. You know, we discovered some great restaurants and um, met a lot of cool people. And it was just really reinvigorating and rejuvenating, especially after three years of pretty hard work. Like, I kind of don't feel like I was clean for, like, three years. Um, so, anyway, we decided while we were you know, it was actually a lot of soul searching really because we were still planning on going back um in the spring and starting the farm again with our chosen animals and going for it and and staying up there and we had some farming projects new barns we were going to build and other things and it just sort of happened that we decided no we didn't want to do that and we wanted to travel and like 
how crazy would it be if we actually went back and sold the farm and, and all our stuff and, you know, bought a motorhome and traveled and worked from the road and, you know, went all over the country. And so it kind yeah. of, I mean, we saw what our, what our parents, they all wanted to, to travel, you know, when they retired. And yeah. Then, that was kind of their plan, you yeah. know, actually on both sides, Matt's parents and my parents, they wanted to travel after they retired. And, you know, I think that so many people kind of feel that way. Like, okay, we're going to, you know, do the standard thing, right? We're going to go to college and get the job and get married and have a family and then work, work, work. And then we were going to retire and then we can like finally have fun. And we didn't really love that, you know, idea, but I mean, that's kind of what everybody did. Right. And so we started noticing, especially while we were staying with family, we started noticing that things weren't super awesome. You know, I mean, they had a lot of obligation. There were, you know, parents, grandparents that were ailing, um, and needed care. There were, you know, multiple houses or properties or belongings that needed upkeep and maintenance and just a lot of responsibilities and actually kind of like a lot of stuff. Yeah. Just stuff. stuff. Um, you know, garages overflowing with stuff and attics overflowing with stuff and, and basements and, you know, all this stuff to be just managed and cared for and, you know, just 30 years of collections. Yeah. I mean, it just happens, right? I mean, I know what we accumulated before we even moved from Texas the first time. And I think we were in that house for six or seven years and, oh my goodness, it was so much stuff. So 30 years or more really adds up. And so I don't know, like we kind of were seeing that and we were kind of thinking about living this different way. And, you know, we were just like, we had a lot of friends that were location independent and they were, you know, they'd built these freedom based businesses and they were able to go and, and travel and, and work from anywhere in the world. And, you know, some of them that meant, you know, working in their backyard while their kids were playing, but, but for some of them, it meant they were on beaches in Thailand. And so it was all these options to sort of consider. And we had always known we were going to be moving. Um, so we, you know, I built my practice online and, and we worked very hard to take everything so that we could, we could move well why not move more often so that's actually what we did we went back in the spring and we went systematically through the house and just downsized like pretty crazily massive farm sales and garage sales tons of garage sales and in fact the garage sales didn't go super well like we got rained out and (laughs) And it was just a lot. Oh my goodness. It was just a lot of work. Um, but I got to tell you, it was obviously worth it. Like it was amazing. I actually was kind of freaking out about getting rid of a lot of stuff. And we were going to be going from 3000 square feet down to 400 square feet in the motor home. And I couldn't imagine living and working in 400 square feet with, you know, Matt, even though I love you, you know, um, but working together this close and, um, And with our two dogs, and at that time we actually had three dogs. We lost one last year, which was super sad, but um, we had three at the time. And so trying to think of, you know, all of that in that small space with all our stuff and, you know, all my real food stuff, all my kitchen stuff, like, you know what I'm talking about, all that stuff. And the mason jars and the appliances and the dehydrator and the Vitamix and the all the stuff, all the stuff. And, you know, a lot of the motorhomes and, and fifth wheels and other RVs that we looked at had small refrigerators, and and I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I kind of had faith that it would all come together. So we thought, we're just going to go for it. And so we actually took about three months 
And in three months, we were able to downsize all of our stuff and sell our farm. And we actually had the best realtors. I just love them to pieces. They're um, the Vistas, and they're located in New Hampshire, but they work with agents and, and clients all over the place. And um, I'll put a link to their website on, um, on the show notes because they were really focused on permaculture and organic farming properties. And that was so cool because they really have a philosophy about, um, you know, protecting the stewardship of the land and really making sure the right people, you know, move into the property, especially, I mean, we worked so hard on our property and we kept everything so clean and organic and put systems in place and enriched the soil. And I mean, it was just like, total labor of love and not to mention building the barns and the coops and the fencing and you know all that stuff so anyway they were excellent to work with and they got us results very quickly in fact our farm ended up in a bidding war and yeah yeah went really fast multiple offers in the first week yeah weekend yeah it went really fast and so you know all these things kind of fell into place and i'm like okay i really feel like this is meant to be but we didn't have anything concrete figured out yet we didn't have the motorhome um, you know, at that time, I think we thought we were getting a fifth wheel, which for those of you not versed in RV language, as I was not, um, a fifth wheel is like a kind of a trailer that you pull behind like a big pickup truck. Right. But it hooks up inside the bed of the pickup truck. That's to why, be technical. That's why they call it the fifth wheel. Yeah. That's why they call it that. Um, but it has a little bit more room than just like a travel trailer. Um, and when you're going to be in it for extended, you know, times, extended trips, Um, you know, we weren't going to live in it full time, but we were going to take long trips. Um, you know, you want that room because you're, that's your house, right? Temporarily. So, um, anyway, so we thought that that's the direction that we were going and we kind of knew what model we wanted and we were looking, you know, all over the, um, at that point we were just looking all over New England for the model and, uh, we'd gone and looked at some and spent some time and kind of figured it out, but nothing was set in stone and we hadn't purchased anything. So we kind of didn't know where we were going to go or what we were going to do. And it just so happened that one of my friends was um, up in Maine and she was uh, renovating a condo that she had. And, you know, it just sort of worked out that we could be there and, you know, it would help us out. It would help her out. And we would get to stay in Maine for the summer, which we love. And a great, small, quaint Maine oh, seaside such town. such a cute little town. <laughs> such a cute town. And I, I just love Maine to pieces. And so you know, to miss summer, we were not ready to leave New England yet. And, um, it definitely had a piece of our hearts. And so, you know, we moved to Maine, we were there through the summer and, um, and early fall. And while we were there, we made all of our plans and we actually found, um, the fifth wheel that we wanted. And so we went and bought, before we bought the fifth wheel, we went and bought the truck, the big (laughs) F-350 truck, because it has to be heavy duty to pull this, you know, heavy trailer around. Well, we go to buy our trailer and, um, sure enough, (laughs) they had just changed the floor plan and it was now too heavy to be towed with the truck that we just bought. Yes. So a one ton pickup truck couldn't handle it. You needed a dually. Yeah. And I'm telling you a dually, like a 350 by itself is a big truck. And thinking about navigating that through city streets, because you know, when you go stay places, like we were planning on going, you know, to San Francisco and Seattle and things like that. And thinking about being in those cities 
with that huge pickup truck and then a dually, like those are enormous, enormous. And so trying to think about, you know, going through little, little city streets and find parking and, oh, no, it kind of freaked us out. So we decided not to do that. So at that time when we discovered, okay, we're not going to do the fifth wheel because we're not going to do the dually, we were at the RV show in Hershey, Pennsylvania, which is like the biggest one in the country. It's insane. It's so huge and RVs just everywhere. Everywhere. And, you know, every model that you can think of. And, you know, I wasn't super into RVs before we started talking about this, but like when we went to the show, it's kind of amazing, like what they're doing with them now. It's not the same at all. And, um, it's really great to be able to go in them because, um, you can get a feel for, of course, the floor plan and the quality um, because we wanted something that was not going to be toxic. You know, I was super worried about like all the, you know, we're natural living. So we're super worried about, you know, formaldehyde and any kind of toxins. We want to stay and, away from all the particle board and things like that. Right. The cabinets that are just, you know, they're not real wood and things like that. So by going in it, you know, you could tell pretty quick if you were going to have a reaction, like the smell was pretty serious. Like your eyes would water and your throat and chest would like, feel tight like you could tell if that was going on so there was actually a couple models that we were interested in and when we went in them I'm like no we can't live here like there's no way um so anyway we kind of thought oh my gosh is the dream dead and now we've sold our farm and what are we gonna do um so we're walking around and just for fun we had already ruled out um a class a motorhome which is like the big motorhome that you see it looks like a bus like a tour bus and if you've seen that movie like meet the fockers that big you know (laughs) honking travel bus he has it looks like that so we had already ruled it out because we had not been able to find a floor plan that would work for us um you know for all of our needs and for cooking and for working and for all these things so just for fun we walked by and we saw the model that we had ruled out And we said, oh, good, let's just, like, reaffirm, like, why we ruled it out. Because, you know, it's there. Why not? So we walked in, and it was like, yep, see, I knew. We couldn't live like this. Like, it wouldn't work. And, look, you can't even, like, get around the bed to get in it and, like, all these different things. And so we were like, yay, okay, well, we know that's ruled out. Well, it just so happens that, I don't know why, we were looking at a smaller motorhome. And so, um you know, I don't know why we didn't ever consider looking at a bigger one. But anyway, we happened to walk a few down. And just for fun, you know, you're there. Why not? We popped in um, to another couple of models. And it was like, oh, whoa, this is totally different. Like, this will work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a sectional couch and a full, you know, kitchen and a big residential fridge freezer and a king size bed and like all this stuff. Right. And it was like, oh, I could live here. Like that could work. Um because if it's just a camping trip, if you're just going to be gone for like a couple of weeks, like you can kind of make anything work. But we were talking, you know, a couple of years, you know, on and off. And it was like, wow. Um, yeah, that needs to be a little different because there's going to be days that you don't feel your best or that you, you know, when you're sick, you don't want to be crammed into like a tiny thing. You want to be able to sprawl out on the couch and drink your bone broth and run your diffuser and like feel better really soon. So anyway... So we suddenly decided, oh, my gosh, this is going to work, and this is what we want. But it kind of seemed pie in the sky, and we certainly weren't going to buy it there. No. And we had this truck. So it was like, okay, how are we going to make all this work? So we went back home to Maine from Pennsylvania and really put some time and thought into 
you know, how we were going to pull this together and started scouring the internet to find the make and model and, you know, all the options that we wanted for the motorhome. So we even knew what to look for. Um, and then actually found several units at different locations all around the country. Um, so we started the negotiation process and that took actually a few weeks to deal with. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and leave it here and we'll pick this up next week. Um, and remember every Tuesday will be real food travel Tuesday. Um, and just so you know, I know a lot of people are multitasking while they listen to podcasts. So, um, on our website, realfoodwholehealth.com, if you go under podcasts and then under episodes, you'll find the show notes for this episode. And it's going to have all the links to everything that we talk about, you know, all the restaurants that we reference, um, any kind of like, you know, national parks or attractions, things to see, websites, products, anything that we mention, um, I'm going to put in there um, on the show notes so that you can go back and reference that at your convenience. So again, real food wholehealth.com under podcasts under episodes so next week we're going to get into actually locating our motorhome all the way in california spoiler alert as far away from maine as you can get and then our journey to go and pick it up which was quite exciting and the wonderful hijinks that ensued as soon as we picked up the motorhome so anyway look forward to that thanks so much for joining in today and have a great day bye-bye Thanks so much for joining us today, and please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also, head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.